This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Ephesians 1 from verse 16. I cease not to give thanks for us, making mention of us in our prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what's the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all then chapter 3 from verse 14 to 21 for this cause for this cause we bow our knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he'll grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that christ may dwell in our hearts by faith that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of christ which passeth knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. According to the power that had work in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Throughout all ages. World without end. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I believe you did that this morning right amen be consistent at it be consistent at it so i'll do a brief recap we're looking at the believer's authority and like i said this is rema bible training center this is a taster session we're making it available to the public at no charge and um we have 25 models like this in level one basic doctrinal truths foundational truths in the word of god are taught faith prayer healing, how to be led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, uh, evangelism, basic truths in the Word of God are taught in level one. And um, in level two, we now get into more ministry-related and practical aspects of ministry. And um, there's a specialty with the spiritual leadership stream, those who sense a call to pulpit ministry, the supportive leadership stream, those who are support ministers, a youth pastor, children's worker, office assistant that stream is theirs and then there's the societal leadership stream the marketplace man how can i be a witness an effective witness for jesus as a politician as a banker as a lawyer as a doctor praise god so rhema is not just for people called to full-time ministry 
Every believer has been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. And um, like I said, this is a taster session open to everyone. Now, we began to look yesterday. We said we'll be taking this in a way that's simple for us to understand, logically taking it line upon line, precept upon precept. So we're looking at 12 basic truths about the authority of the believer. 12 basic truths about the authority of the believer. Yesterday, we covered the first four, and it won't hurt to repeat them. We said, number one, it will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. It will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. And then scriptures, Ephesians 1, 16 to 23, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And then we said this yesterday, we said be consistent as you pray these prayers. Stay with it repeatedly over time and make sure you are also spending quality time studying and meditating on the word. These prayers, as well as those in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, Colossians 1, 9 to 14, and 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12, can be prayed not only for oneself, but also for other Christians. Like we said yesterday, there are different kinds of prayer. Uh, this is a prayer of supplication. And we know that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Ghost. Paul wrote this under the inspiration of God's Spirit. And um, gave, it gave us insight into how he prayed for the saints at Ephesus. And if it was good enough for the saints at Ephesus, believe me, it's good enough for the saints in Abuja or saints anywhere. Praise God. And um, he prayed it repeatedly. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So we can do the same. And um, personally, it made a world of difference in my life when I prayed these prayers for myself. Praise God. Then we said number two, God made man in his image and after his likeness and gave Adam dominion over the earth. Adam disobeyed God. And committed high treason, sending out to the devil. And therefore, Satan became the god of this world, falling heir to man's authority. Explained that quite at length yesterday. We saw from Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Psalm 8, from verse 4 to 6. Genesis 2, 16 to 17. Genesis 3, from 1 to 15. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And Luke 4, from verse 5 to 8, particularly in the Amplified Version, we saw that man originally was the God of this world. He called the shorts. God gave him dominion over all the works of his hands. Man was the crown of God's creation. And he wasn't made as a slave. He wasn't made to be a, a, a subject of sin or Satan. In fact, death, sickness, poverty, failure... Those things were never a part of God's plan. Never a part of God's plan. But you see, Adam did the unthinkable. He sold out to the devil. He bowed the knee to God's arch enemy, who's also his own arch enemy. And that's how the mess started. Satan began his reign of tyranny over mankind and on the earth. But the good news is this. That Adam was just the first Adam. There was a second Adam. Glory to God. And then we said, number three, Jesus defeated the devil. 
Jesus defeated the devil through his death, burial, and resurrection and brought the devil to nothing. He stripped Satan of the authority and delegated it to the church. And then we saw from Colossians 2.15, Hebrews 2.14 and 15, Revelation 1.17 to 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, 1 John 4, 4, and Ephesians 1, 19 to 23. Those scriptures illustrate that. You see, there's a Bible-sized God and a Bible-sized devil. The Bible size of the devil is that he has been brought to nothing. Jesus reduced him to nothing. Jesus stripped him of that authority. And he handed it back to the church. So that we today as believers, we have authority over the devil. Praise God. And then we said, number four, that at the new birth, at the new birth, the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus. And consequently, authority over the devil and his cohorts. Now, when did that happen? At the new birth. The moment you took Jesus as your Savior and confessed him as your Lord, you fell here to the right to use the name of Jesus. In Mark 16, 17, Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. And then we explain that them that believe there, he's talking about them that believe the gospel, the believing ones, those who are born again. The very first of them, he said, in my name shall they cast out devils. That we can cast out devils means we've got authority over devils. All of them, including their master, the devil himself. We've got authority over them through the name of Jesus. When did that happen? When did we get that name at the new birth? When we got saved. I explained that first, we're born into the family. And being born into the family, the name belongs to the family. I talked about our fourfold right to use the name of Jesus. Born into the family, the name belongs to the family. Second, we're baptized into Christ. And being baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his name. Then I said, thirdly, we're given the power of attorney to act in Jesus' stead, to act for him. And then fourthly, we're commanded as ambassadors to go and herald the name of Jesus among the nations. So you see, that name belongs to us. And the power is in the name. The authority is in the name. Amen. The day you got saved, the day you came into Christ, the name of Jesus became yours. Amen. See, Colossians chapter 1, from verse 12 to 14, the Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, or who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. 13 says, Who has delivered us from the power, the exousia, the authority of darkness. And in that word, darkness is everything that Satan has and Satan is. Amen. Sin, sickness, poverty, bad habits, disease. Everything is in that word, darkness. Demonic oppression, demonic influence. God the Father at the new birth delivered us from the dominion of darkness. And he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The Amplified Version says the son of his love. 14 says in whom we have redemption. See, we're not trying to get redemption. We have it already. We have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. Amen. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That word is aphasis. Actually means remission of sins. When you got saved, your past was remitted. 
it stopped existing. Satan stopped being your master. Jesus became your Lord. Jesus became your head. And you became a member of the body of Christ. See, the devil does not have any more authority over you than he does over Jesus. He doesn't. Jesus is the head. We're members of the body. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised us with him. We'll see that in a bit. So at the new birth, we inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus. And consequently, authority over the devil and his cohorts. Mark 16, 17. And then we also saw from John 14, 12 to 14, where Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go unto my Father. 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask. That word ask is the It means whatsoever ye shall demand as due. Thayer's lexicon puts it out as demand as due. Uh, uh, Strong's, 154 in Strong's, ask. Demand. Amen. Whatsoever ye shall demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You see, anything Jesus can do, his name will do. Anything Jesus could do, his name can do today. And that name belongs to us. He obtained it by inheritance. He obtained it by conquest. He obtained it by bestowal. And it's the possession of the church. Praise God. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we have already been blessed. And one of the things we've been blessed with is the power of attorney, the right to use the name of Jesus. The believer needs to know in his spirit that he has this authority. You know, not just something he knows in his head. He needs to get the revelation of it on the inside of him, in his spirit. And then act upon that knowledge. Act upon the knowledge thereof. In John 8, 32, Jesus said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's knowledge acted upon that produces results. I was talking with a man one time, older man, old enough to be my daddy. The man said this. He was talking about, you know, all this um, stuff, you know, all this Otumopo stuff, you know, all this um, Odeishi stuff, charms, all that stuff. So he said this. He said he can do something that if you cut him, it won't have any effect on him. Well, I told him, I said, it depends on who does the cutting. <laughs> he said, what do I mean? I said, just what I said. I said, no matter what you do, if I cut you, if I want to cut you, I'll cut you. He said, you're talking as if you these little rats of nowadays. What do, I'm telling you something. You know, you see, it's where there is no ground that two people argue who can beat who, isn't it? Yeah. I said, we can do a simple experiment, and I'll illustrate what I'm telling you. He said, all right. I said, okay, don't let's use a knife. The effects may be fatal. Don't let's use a mas- uh, an axe or, or matchet. Let's just use a blade. So we sent a little girl. She bought a blade. It was tiger, brand new. He bought the blade. He did this stuff. He took a glass of water. I saw him do it. He called some incantations, put some alligator pepper in his mouth, maybe nine pieces or seven, I don't know. Chewed them. After chewing them, he called these incantations. Then he spat into the glass of water, and then he drank it. I, I watched it. Then they took the blade. Someone else did it first and cut him. You know what happened? It turned white, and then it cleared off. 
Couldn't cut him. Couldn't pierce him. I said, impressive. I said, bring the blade. <laughs> they gave me the blade. What did I do? Just under my breath. You see, it's not shouting. Hmm? It's not screaming. It's not gymnastics. It's not any of that. It's about knowledge. It's about knowing it in our spirits. Amen. I just said under my breath, you foul spirits, I command you to desist in your maneuvers and to stop in your operations in the name of Jesus. Now, because I knew what would happen. You know, it's like David, when they were going to go after Absalom, he said, be gentle with the young man Absalom. <laughs> be gentle with him. Well, I knew I had to be gentle, you know, because I didn't want to, I, I, I didn't want to have to rush someone to the hospital and they need to stitch the person's hand or something. So I just did something. I made it very gentle. You know, next thing we saw, we saw this liquid. It was red. <laughs> and it was in black currants. <laughs> it was his blood. He looked at me and said, you knew something I didn't know. You know, the name of Jesus. That's not because I'm a preacher. That's because I'm a Christian. Anybody who's born again could have done the same thing. You see, once we know it in our spirit, we know it in our spirit. One day, some relation of mine came to meet me with this story of how, you know, they are taking my hair. You know, someone took my hair, maybe while I was sleeping or something, and then they went to do something against me, you know, and all that, and the person was concerned. So when he told me, you know, about this story, I was so amused. I laughed so hard I fell on the floor laughing. I said, okay, in case you know who this person is, tell him to come back. Eh? If he needs my fingernails also, I will give him. If he needs my toenails also, I will give him. If he wants to know my mother's name, my mother's mother's name, my father's mother's name, I'll give him anything he wants. Yeah, I'll tell him. And for your information, I'm not going to pray about it. Why did I say that? Because I'm in Christ and I know it. You can be in Christ and not know it. And the devil can rub your face in the mud. I'm in Christ. I'm a believer. I'm seated together with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. In Numbers 23, 23, the Bible says, surely there's no enchantment against Jacob and there's no divination against Israel. In Isaiah 54, 17, the word of God says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. He said, you will condemn. Amen. So you see, we've got authority. We've got authority. We've got authority. We've got authority. For a Christian to be afraid of witches is a disgrace. Is a disgrace. A disgrace. A big disgrace. You know, the prayers we pray about enemy, let them not get me. Let them not. They've already gotten you. Who cares if they're after me? And so, you know, one man said he was going to curse me one time. I said, well, I hope he has the one that works. I hope he has the real one. That, that is always original. That is not Baruf. I said, for his information, I won't pray about him. And I won't pray about his cause. And I dare him. Amen. That's not because of anything other than the fact that I'm in Christ. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, 1, that the wicked fleeth when no man pursueth. Says the righteous are bold as a lion. Listen, you are tied up to deity. You are in union with God. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord, he's one spirit. Remember one time, somebody poisoned food for me. Well, I had a premonition about it, and I seemed to have felt led to do what I did. So I made sure I ate it first. I finished it. Had no effect on me. And I called the person that did it. I said, you put something in that food. You know, so it was shaking. I said, yes. I said, but you should have eaten it. 
And you see, it had no effect on me. Those things don't work on everybody. Don't do it next time. Amen. You see, we've got authority. We've got authority. We've got authority. It's not, it's not, a, it's not, it's not bonds. Eh? It's not, it's a fact. But you see, all it takes is for us to feed on these things and build them into our spirits. It makes you invincible in the battles of life. It makes you an absolute victor, no matter what the enemy could throw at you. Praise God. Makes you invincible. Makes you invincible. Makes you invincible. You see, we are not made for defeat. We are not made for failure. We are made for triumph. I used to be so sick. I was so sick that sick people called me sick. Believe me, that was pretty sick. My daddy walked in a hospital. My mother walked in the same hospital. I was in that hospital so much myself, you'd have thought I walked there too. But I didn't walk there. My case, no. You see it? Sick. Because if it wasn't this, it was that. If it wasn't that, it was the other. If it wasn't the other, it was something else. But you see, when I began to find out some of these truths about who I am in Christ, about the authority I've got, and you know something, God is no respecter of persons. Then I decided that, well, I'm done with sickness. Then I decided that I was going to live my life without sickness and without disease. And that's how it's been. It's been decades, decades since I had a headache. Decades. And it's going to stay that way. I'm going to live my life out without sickness and disease. And at a good old age, if Jesus tarries is coming, I'll just fall asleep in him. You won't hear I died in a plane crash. I won't. You won't hear I died in a car accident because I won't. Now, can a Christian die those ways? He can. He can. Amen. But he doesn't have to. You won't hear I died young because I won't. I choose not to. You can choose not to also. You won't hear that armed robbers kill me. Someone is saying, you're talking as if you have control over these things. Exactly. Because I do. I'm not talking as if I. I'm talking because I do. And you do too. You do too. See, the devil doesn't have to snuff the life out of you. There is a work that we need to do. Are you listening? There is a harvest that needs to be reaped. It's not just, well, I've got authority so I can do bragado, so I can line my pocket, so I can have a thick bank account. Well, God is not against you having a bank account that's thick, but you see it's about the lost. It's about God's work. Amen. There is a harvest that needs to be reaped. There's a work that needs to be done. So it's not about me. It's not for me. It's because of God's work. It's because of God's people. Amen. See, there are two people on the earth. There are those who are saved, and there are those who should be saved. And that's how God sees the human race. And God wants us to be busy. Amen. You see, we need to know our authority. There are territories that need to be taken for Jesus. Praise God. He wants us to walk in dominion. It's his will. It's his plan. Well, then, Hosea 4, 6. God said, my people, notice, not the devil's people. My people are destroyed. Why? Because of the witches in their villages. Because of the second wife of their fathers. Because of um, the person that doesn't like them in the office. No. He said they are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. For the lack of knowledge. In Isaiah 5, 13, God said, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. You see, Kenneth e. Higgin, he pastored before he went out in field ministry and as, as an itinerant minister, you know. From 1937 to 1949, pastored actually about 11 years and 9 months. One of those churches he pastored actually must have been the one in Farmersville in 1939. He said he had just become Pentecostal, 
But, and he noticed that in Pentecostal circles at that time, the thing that was the in thing, you know, we have all these fads. Sometimes there's just one thing that's the in thing. You know, nobody today, that thing starts. Don't tell. He said the in thing then was deliverance. You know, just like some people are doing spiritual sorting. Telling believers to go for spiritual checkup every now and then. You know, the idol of your father's house. The ancestral cause that is behind you. You know, so those things have been long. Error comes in cycles. Just like moves of God come in cycles. He said, so the in thing then was deliverance. And he thought, all right, maybe this is how these Pentecostal people do it. So he started having deliverance meetings on Saturdays in his church. Every Saturday night, deliverance meetings. You know? He said, and he did that for three months. He said, after three months, the novelty of deliverance meetings started waning. And so he decided to change the name a little bit and call it loosening meetings. You know? So for another 13 weeks, that's another three months, he did loosening meetings. Then after... Three months of loosening meetings, the novelty of that also began to wane. So he decided to change the name a little bit, you know. People usually like something catchy, a catchy phrase, a catchy title for the meeting. So he called it Getting Free Meetings. <laughs> then he had another three months of Getting Free Meetings. You know, so three months, deliverance, three months, loosening, three months, getting free. All consecutive nine months together. Said so then after nine months, he looked at the people. You know, he was their pastor. He lived with them. He visited them. He knew where they were at. He said, they were no more delivered after nine months <laughs> than they were when he started. And what's funny is this. He said he had every kind of manifestation you can think of. If you can think it, he had it. He said, and some manifestations you shouldn't think of. You know, is it about people doing like snake? Is it about people manifesting? Is it about people vomiting? Is it about people... Is it those things they don't take? He said he had all those manifestations. But yet, no change in their lives. No change in their circumstances. No change in their businesses. No change in their homes. So he told himself, something doesn't add up here. So he decided to seek the Lord. A few days of fasting. And then the Lord said to him, he said, you see, the problem is this. You are trying to do for my people through anointing with oil, prayer, laying on of hands, what my word and my word alone will do for them. Is it scriptural to pray? Yes. Is this scripture out to lay hands? Yes. Is this scripture out to anoint the sick with oil? Sure. But those things only work when they are done in line with the word of God. And then the Lord gave him John 8, 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, well, he started teaching his people God's word. And this is what he discovered. This time around, they started really getting free. Not only were they free, they stayed free. And he listened. So we need knowledge. Not head knowledge, not mentally assenting, no, but we need the revelation of who we are in Christ, of our authority as believers. We need to know it in our spirits. And that's what this course is about. All right. So that's all that is by way of revision. Maybe you weren't here yesterday. Well, you are on the same page those who were here yesterday are at. Only that we explained those things a lot further than the mention I just made of them. And then even if you were here yesterday, remember, faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing. You don't get it just because you heard it once. We need to continue to meditate on these truths, to think upon them, to feed upon them, to build them into our inner consciousness. Praise God. So number five, the fifth of the 12 basic truths about the authority of the believer that I'm putting out well, it's not as if there are only 12. 
It's not as if 12 is the magic number, but I just felt like these 12 are the basic, the fundamentals we need to know about the authority of the believer. Number five, number five, authority is delegated power. Authority is delegated power. Authority is delegated power. And it's value. Authority is delegated power. And it's value, the value of whatever authority it is. Authority is delegated power. And its value depends upon the force that's back of the user. Authority is delegated power. And its value depends upon the force that's back of the user. Authority is delegated power. And its value depends upon the force that is back of the user. Amen. Now, let's look in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. What do we mean by authority is delegated power? You know, um, I was coming on that road, one of these roads. There was this policeman by the side of the road. Now, as the vehicles were coming, he was helping to direct the traffic. Does he have the physical strength to restrain those cars? He doesn't. The truth is, he doesn't even need to. He has something better. What does he have? He has the authority of the federal government of Nigeria to exercise authority and direct the traffic. Amen. What is back of that authority? The force that stands behind him. Who gave it to him? Federal government. So the federal might stands back of it. If they need to physically carry your vehicle, if need be, it will happen. You know? Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke 10, 19. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. The Bible says here, it says, Behold, I give unto you power. See, this first word, power, is the word exousia. So it's actually authority. Behold, I give unto you authority. And the American Standard Version brings that out. To tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power, yeah, that one is power, over all the ability of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I want to ask you, who is the person that gave this authority? Jesus did. If you have a red letter edition of the Bible, it's in red. It's words of Christ. So it was Jesus that said that. So Jesus is the one who gave this authority. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who is Jesus? Who is he? Who is he? Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. The Bible says there that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, who after he had touched our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So the Bible calls him the brightness of God's glory, the express image of God's person, right? Amen. The Bible calls him God's son. Now in John's gospel, the first chapter, from the first verse, it says, in the beginning was the word. It says, and the word was with God. And it says the word was God. The word was God. 
And he says the same was in the beginning with God. He says all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, it's the second person of the Godhead that said that. How higher can it get? How higher? In John 14, verse 8, Philip said to him, he said, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It will satisfy us. Jesus responds, Have I been so long with you? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. In John 6, 38, Jesus said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. In John 14, 10 and 11, he said the works he did were not his own works, but the Father that did the works. The words he spoke were the Father's words. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. What I see, that's what I do. So the words he spoke were God's words. Because he didn't come to do his own will. He didn't come to do his own bidding. He came to do the Father's bidding. So when Jesus said that, that was God the Son saying it. And he said it because the Father sent him to say it. So, the person who gave us the authority is God. God the Son was the one that said it. And he said the words that the Father told him to speak. So God the Father gave us the authority. So that means that God himself is the force. He is the corporation that's back of the authority. Have you been in an organization and then um, somebody said, maybe someone sent you to go and tell somebody something and then the person doesn't want to comply. And then you go back and say, well, he didn't, he didn't heed what you said. And then the person who sends you asks you, did you tell him I sent you? Did you tell him I'm the one that told you to tell him? Are you listening? So whatever it is you said, it wasn't you saying it. It was the person back of you. You see, God is the one that is back of our authority. And he said he's given unto us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the ability of the enemy. When he said serpents and scorpions there, well, he's not talking about picking up a snake just to play. No. If you're accidentally beaten by a snake, you can claim immunity. If you're accidentally stung by a scorpion, I once was, Someone said, what did you do? I just claimed immunity in the name of Jesus. What happened? Nothing. Nothing. I just claimed immunity in the name of Jesus. But you see, he's not just talking about serpents and scorpions. He's also talking about the power of the devil. In Psalm 91 verse 13, he said, you will tread upon the lion and the adder. He said, the young lion and the dragon, you will trample on their feet. That word adder, look it up in the marginal rendering. You know, it says asp. The Bible says a lot about the poison of asps being under their tongue. The Bible talks about the scourging of the tongue. You know, people and their tacho, 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 tacho. You know, you can tread upon those things. You can walk on top of those things. The onslaughts of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy. You can tread upon them. We can be victorious over them. Well, as an undergraduate, I remember one day there's this fellow who was in 100 level. So, he was hungry for God's word. So we used to talk a lot about the things of God. Then there was this day, 
I lived in quarters, so there was this day was, uh, I wanted to pick something at home. So he followed me. If you know UI, there was this tech annex, just one back road that we could take. I was going to Emo Street. So as we were taking that route, unknown to us, there were some bees that were there. And some people had, they were cutting some of those trees. So they had um, gone to look for the trouble of those bees. If you understand what I mean. They had cut some of the trees and some of the structures where those bees used to hang. So there was some fire on the mountain. We didn't know. So we just walked there and got to that place. Now, what happened? See, there's something about fear. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 14, it says, in righteousness shall thou be established. It says, you will be far from oppression because you do not fear. It says, I'm from terror for it shall not come near you. My friend was afraid. Because he was afraid, somehow he attracted the oppression. Several bees stung him, stung him severally. They stung him so bad, he was on the floor. Yeah, they got him on the floor. The, a swarm of them came on him. You know, and we were walking side by side. Somehow they left me alone and went for him. But you see, it was my house he was going to. And he was, me was walking with, oh dear, I felt bad. So I was trying to get the bees off him. In my bead of trying to get the bees off him, a few of them stung me. And then the devil said, ha, 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 man of faith, ha, ha. You've been stung. You've been stung. In a few minutes, his face got swollen. Pretty quick. Badly. He had, he had to be out of school for at least a week. Had to take jabs and injections and all that. Then the devil said to me, you know, right there and then he said, look, your face must be swollen too. A few of them stung me. Maybe like two or three. You know, his was plenty. And the devil said, you better check your face. You better check your face. But you see, I remember this scripture. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And also I remembered where the Bible says in Mark 16, 17 and 18, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Remember about taking up serpents. That's not talking about picking a snake to prove something. No, that's being foolish. That's tempting God. That's talking about being accidentally beaten by a snake. Like Paul was in Acts 28. He just shook off the beast and he felt no harm. You know? In Acts 28 on the island of Melita. Praise God. I remember that. And then Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Made me free. So I just claimed immunity in the name of Jesus. I repeated those scriptures. Those three verses, portion of the scripture. I repeated them. And I said, I claim immunity in the name of Jesus. Can't have any effect on me. Well, I got home. When I did, you know, thought said to me, check your face in the mirror. Check your face in the mirror. Are you sure it's not solo? I said, I'm not checking anything. See, you check only when you are not sure. And that will be fear. That will be doubt. That will be wavering. I, there's no use checking. I took authority in the name of Jesus. I claimed immunity over that attack. It can't have any effect on me. And that settled it. Well, I, I had a, it was a Tuesday. I had a church meeting that Tuesday. Went to church, got back. And then um, in the evening, while I was changing, you know, suddenly I, there, was a, there was a mirror in my room. I passed by the mirror. I wasn't trying to check. But it just so happened that I saw and there was no effect. It never had any effect on me whatsoever. You see, we've got authority. We've got authority. We've got authority over the enemy. 
The person that gave us the authority is God himself. So he's the power behind our authority. He's the corporation behind our authority. He stands back of it. I'm not the one trying to make it good. He's the one making it good. I'm not the one who is there to enforce it. He's the one enforcing it because he gave us the authority. Amen. It's not based on my good works. It's not based on my right conduct. And believers ought to live right. But you see, it's not based on that. It's based on God. He's the force behind our authority. Amen. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.